on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Listeners should be aware that today's episode includes graphic descriptions of killings that some might find disturbing. Today on the Indo Daily Ben Robert Smith, downfall of an Australian super soldier. An Australian SAS soldier who stormed the Taliban front line in Afghanistan has been awarded the Victoria Cross. Ben Robert Smith is just the second digger to receive the medal since the Vietnam War. At the height of his military career, Ben Robert Smith was Australia's most decorated living soldier. As the Australians cleared the dead from the battlefield, the corporal was ambushed by a Taliban soldier. And from a distance of somewhere between 5 to 10 metres, engaged me from behind with a, a burst of uh, AK-47 fire. Uh, he missed, obviously. Um, and one of the other lads behind me engaged and, uh, and killed him. His reported acts of gallantry made him a national hero and served as a springboard to a successful media career in recent years. However, allegations of war crimes, including that he pushed a handcuffed man off a cliff, have tarnished his military legacy and sounded the last post for his public image. The real story is that two prisoners were found in the tunnel compound Whiskey 108, and they were taken out into the care of Ben Robert Smith's patrol, and Ben Robert Smith executed one with his machine gun, killed a man in cold blood, unarmed. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Chief Court Reporter with Nine News in Sydney, Tiff Genders to talk us through the downfall of Ben Robert Smith and the biggest defamation case in Australian history. Tiff Genders, before we get into the story of a man who goes from father of the year to war criminal, I lived in Australia years ago and I understand that the Defence Forces is a really, really key and significant part of society and there's huge respect there. It's it's a, something we don't have to the same extent here. Maybe you might just give us a little bit of context for what it means to be a veteran in Australia. So there's this thing that is highly idolised in Australia and it's called mateship. And, and mateship really began in the trenches in World War One, uh, where our diggers would basically do anything and everything for their mates. So this idea of mateship it is really um, put up on a pedestal in Australia. And the Defence Force really embodies mateship. They are the soldiers that, you know, are fighting for their country, for their people – 
uh, and they are really yes um, seen seen as idols in society. And there was no bigger idol uh, in Australia than Ben Robert Smith. So he was at the top of the pedestal. Start at the beginning. Tell me about him, his childhood, his his upbringing. Yeah, so Ben Robert Smith grew up in a city called Perth on Australia's west coast. That's also where I'm from. Um, He was the eldest of two sons to his parents, Len and Sue. He went to a private boys' high school. And after graduating high school, he joined the Australian Army, following in the footsteps of his father and and many other male relatives, including some that fought um, in World War I. And then around 2003, in the noughties, he was accepted into the Special Air Service. What exactly does that entail? Yeah, so he joined the military um, in the late 90s and after about six or seven years, he was accepted into the Special Air Services Regiment. Now, this is the most elite unit of our Defence Force. Uh, They're highly specialised, highly skilled snipers. Uh, Their missions are usually highly secretive and sensitive due to national security issues. So these are the guys that go in in the dark. We don't know their names. We don't ever see their faces. They're the the top brass of the Australian Defence Force. So while they're serving, we know nothing about them, but he left the military in 2013 and came home a hero. How does that happen if we don't know what he was doing while he was away? Yeah, so we were first introduced to Ben Robert Smith in 2011 when he was awarded the highly prestigious Victoria Cross. It's the military's highest honour in a public ceremony. It's Australia's highest military honour, awarded for gallantry, valour, self-sacrifice or extreme devotion to duty. Corporal Ben Robert Smith achieved all of them while under heavy Taliban fire. And, you know, from the minute we saw him, uh, everyone just fell to pieces, you know, two metres tall, you know, a handsome uh, man that carried himself so well. His citation for the Victoria Cross was absolutely incredible. We learned that he'd exposed himself to Taliban fighters in Afghanistan to draw far away from his mates. And in that moment, Ben Robert Smith really became an instant hero. And he became Father of the Year? A patrol commander on the battlefield, Ben Robert Smith easily transitioned into a leader in public life. He hit the speaker circuit and rubbed shoulders with the Queen and a future King. In 2014, he was appointed Chair of the Australia Day Council, a year after he was awarded Father of the Year. Everyone wanted a piece of of Ben Robert Smith. He was father of the year. He was on awards councils. He was an Anzac Day poster boy. Anzac Day is really big um, over here. There are marches through the streets of of every city in Australia. There are ceremonies and he became, you know, basically like the pin-up soldier for Australia. He held audiences with the Queen and um, Prince William and Catherine um, and he was then taken under the the wing of a boss of one of um, Australia's biggest TV networks, uh, Channel 7. Uh, His boss, Kerry Stokes, recruited him uh, to then uh, become one of the heads of the TV network in Queensland. And am I right in saying Channel 7 or 7 Network? We'd be familiar with that here because that's the station that makes Home and Away. 
Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Channel 7, famous for Home and Away. And so this was a fairly um, prestigious uh, role for Ben Robert Smith to move into post the military. A very unusual role, you would imagine, for someone with uh, who had gone into the military in his late teens. Um, but that probably proves your point that everybody wanted a piece of him. He was as much a figure as a, a worker at that stage, was it? He a brand ambassador. Maybe that's the phrase I'm looking for. Absolutely right. You know, he did, you know, TV interview after TV interview. Uh, he did go back to university um, and completed a course. And then it was at that time um, when he was leading things at Channel 7 in Queensland. So the story takes a twist and we start to learn about mm-hmm. some of the activities that took place in Afghanistan. Some of those things you've suggested, Tiff, that we're not generally allowed to talk about. At what point do we start to hear more about what really went on? So around the time that, you know, Ben Robert Smith shot to fame, he was everywhere. Um, Rumours were rife that, you know, this man wasn't who he claimed to be. And there were two journalists in particular, Nick McKenzie and Chris Masters. Um, Chris had written a book on the SAS. uh, And and through those interviews, um, you know, with SAS soldiers, he started hearing these rumours that Ben Robert Smith, you know, wasn't the um, hero that people, you know, thought he was. Um, And these two journalists unearthed allegations of war crimes in Afghanistan uh, and allegations that Ben Robert Smith was a bully to junior troopers uh, and also that uh, he allegedly assaulted his mistress, um, you know, that that father of the year was actually having an affair. Now, to write something like that in an Irish newspaper would be next to impossible without having proof. What was the burden of proof on these journalists before they put those stories out there? Well, they investigated this for a really long time and Nick McKenzie uh, has said himself that this was the story that they didn't want to write. You know, they didn't want this to be true. They couldn't quite comprehend it themselves. But the further they got, the more SAS soldiers... Uh, that they spoke to, people were supporting these allegations. Uh, And then in 2018, a series of articles were posted uh, in some of the major newspapers in Australia. And and so began this mammoth defamation battle that they're calling the biggest in Australian history. Well, before we get into the lawsuit that followed, talk me through some of the headline allegations, because some of this is pretty shocking. Yeah, look, it is pretty shocking. Uh, These allegations of war crimes mainly revolved around the execution of several handcuffed detainees, or as they like to call them in the military, uh, a person under control. So as soon as someone is handcuffed, uh, cleared of any weapons, any threat, under the rules of engagement, they're a person under control and they pose no threat. And the allegation against Ben Robert Smith is that he was um, complicit or carried out in five 
illegal executions in Afghanistan, including uh, there was one person that we had a name and a face of. It was a farmer by the name of Ali Jan. Now, the allegation was is that he was kicked off a cliff by Ben Robert Smith before being shot dead by another soldier. And it's claimed that Ben Robert Smith uh, and the other soldier um, planted a previously seized radio on this village's body to make it look like he was a Taliban spotter. There was another case where it was alleged that Robert Smith directed a younger soldier to kill an Afghan prisoner in some sort of initiation ceremony. The real story is that two prisoners were found in the tunnel compound Whiskey 108 and they were taken out into the care of Ben Robert Smith's patrol and Ben Robert Smith executed one with his machine gun, killed a man in cold blood, unarmed, and Ben Robert Smith's other patrol member was blooded and killed the other. It's two war crimes, two dead men who were defenceless and executed. Yeah, so this is what they call blooding the rookie uh, in the military. And it was alleged that um, Ben Robert Smith ordered a junior trooper on his first tour of Afghanistan to execute. Uh, another one of those unarmed detainees. And there was also another really troubling allegation that Ben Robert Smith executed uh, another unarmed detainee who had a prosthetic leg. And you may have seen the photographs, but that prosthetic leg was later taken by someone else as a souvenir uh, and soldiers in the Australian um, army base were using that prosthetic leg to drink from. Uh, There were photographs of it and I have to to say when those photographs um, became public, it was not a good look. So in 2018, when the newspapers went to publish these stories, Ben Robert Smith, or at least his lawyers, tried to get an injunction to stop them. They failed. So it went out there into the world. What was the reaction in Australia at the time? Uh, Shock, (laughs) disbelief, uh, unfathomable, really, that the greatest hero of our time was being accused of doing these horrific things. Um, Along with the shock and disbelief, um, there was this thought in the community that, you know, what happens in battle stays in battle um, and that, you know, they were were at war and things happen at war and that, you know, this just went along with that. So is it fair to say there was almost a split? There was people that were for him and there were people who were very much against him. Is that how it fell? Yeah, absolutely. I I would say that the the general public um, was probably more for Ben Robert Smith. Does that mean that the journalists who put the story out there, they presumably also had a tough time then because, as you say, it's the story they didn't want to write. It was obviously a story people didn't really want to hear either. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think um, Nick McKenzie said it once. Um, one of the report uh, when he first, you know, took this story, took this scoop to to one of his editors, that someone said like, "You don't want to kill Bambi, do you?" You know, like everyone loves Bambi. Everyone loved Ben Robert Smith. Everyone idolised him, and this was a really huge story to break, and you know, really stake their career on. Was there a sense that winning that Victoria Cross almost put uh, a target on his back? Because 
you know, we have this, we see this in other celebrity, in other areas, the media build people up and then tear them down again. Absolutely. That's exactly what Ben Robert Smith said, that he is a victim of the tall poppy syndrome, that, um, you know, his former comrades were jealous that he was awarded the military's highest honour and that, that they weren't, um, and that that made him a target of, of jealous comrades, basically. So he took a legal case to try and defend his good name. Yes, a very long uh, legal battle. And how does that work in Australia? Talk us through the system. So Ben Robert Smith um, launched defamation proceedings in 2018. Um, and it only emerged, I think, post-trial that there was an offer to settle um, basically a settlement without um, any admissions of that the papers were in the wrong. That was rejected. Uh, and so began, you know, um, this huge battle, a battle of a different kind for Ben Robert Smith. It was called the biggest defamation trial uh, in Australian history. Uh, you had Ben Robert Smith um, and many of his close comrades um, all giving evidence with, you know, their stories. And then you had on the flip side, another group of SAS soldiers giving evidence against Ben Roberts. Smith, as well as three witnesses from Afghanistan, those three witnesses to the uh, Ali Jan execution, and also lining up to give evidence against Ben Robert Smith was his former wife, Emma, and also his former mistress, the woman that he had an affair with. And so you had his barrister in court arguing that the journalist had jumped on rumours like salmons jumping on a hook and that they had published stuff that was inconsistent, fanciful, salacious. That was the defence. On the other side, the newspapers actually, as a result of having to defend themselves, went and dug up a hell of a lot more stories and damaging stories about Ben Robert Smith. Absolutely. Well, um, the the defence that the newspapers put forward was the truth. And they set out to prove um, the truth of all of these allegations. So the court was taken back. It was pretty extraordinary. Um, You know, you've got a court in 2021, 2022 um, being transported back to Afghanistan, you know, in 2009, 2012, when these uh, missions and the alleged killings took place. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, um, the, the actions of the SAS have largely been kept under wraps from the Australian public. Um, and But now we had a front row seat to some of the biggest catch and kill missions, you know, in Australian history. It was extraordinary. A lot of the evidence had to be given in closed court due to national security reasons. Uh, the SAS soldiers, we didn't know any of their names. They were given pseudonyms, uh, person five, person 14, uh, person four. Um, and they were um, secretly you know, ushered in and out of court so their identities uh, were never revealed. It really was quite extraordinary. There was other evidence that reporters like yourself, Tift, also didn't see because it was claimed that Robert Smith had actually destroyed some evidence during the trial. Yeah, so it was alleged that um, he had destroyed a laptop 
um, you know, during the trial. Uh, honestly, in defamation proceedings in Australia, not only um, do, you know, they, f- they focus on the allegations at the heart of the defamation proceedings, but all of the other dirty laundry comes out too. We learnt all about the breakdown of Ben Robert Smith's marriage. Uh, we learnt that Ben Robert Smith hired a former security guard to be a private investigator and that this security guard claimed that he was made by Ben Robert Smith to send threatening letters to other SAS members, um, you know, warning them against giving evidence against him in these proceedings and also the official war crimes inquiry. Um, It was honestly uh, mind-boggling the amount of of salacious material that came out along with these very serious war crime allegations. So the court case lasted 110 days in total and the judge eventually in recent weeks delivered a 730-page judgment. What did he find? The applicant broke the moral and legal rules of military engagement and is therefore a criminal, imputation two. Three, the applicant disgraced his country, Australia, and the Australian Army by his conduct as a member of the SASR in Afghanistan. Just as Anthony Basanko, after you know, beginning the case two years ago, the trial started in 2021, there was a little bit of a break due to COVID, it picked up again in 2022, I think it took him 10 months to come to this judgment. Uh, but on the 1st of June, um, Justice Anthony Basanko found that Ben Robert Smith either, either carried out or was complicit in four war crime murders in Afghanistan uh, and also uh, found that Ben Robert Smith was a bully uh, to junior comrades uh, in the SAS. Uh, the allegation of domestic violence uh, wasn't proven, uh, but on the whole scheme of things, the judge dismissed the entire case, uh, basically um, dismissing Ben Robert Smith's argument altogether. And so you told me that at the start of this, when the stories came out originally, the court of public opinion was still on Ben Robert Smith's side. What about after that judgment? How do the Australian people feel about him now? Yeah, well, it was a really funny one. So, you know, immediately the calls, um, there were calls for Ben Robert Smith to be stripped of his Victoria Cross. Um, Now, this medal is so important to Australia and, you know, so highly regarded that this medal um, sits in the Australian War Memorial on display in Canberra. Now, the following day after the judgment was handed down, uh, we went down to the War Memorial and we asked people, you know, they'd been through, they'd seen his uniform, they'd read his citation for the Victoria Cross and we asked them the question, do you think Ben Robert Smith should be stripped of his medals? And every single one of them said no. What about the idea then of criminal charges? Because we have been talking about what you have described as war crimes. Yeah, so this was a civil case, uh, not a criminal case, but parallel to this massive defamation case has been an official investigation into alleged war crimes in Afghanistan. That investigation is ongoing uh, and we heard recently that Ben Robert Smith is still the subject of an official war crime investigation. So, 
As it stands right now, he's been uh, proven to be a war criminal in a federal court, uh, in a defamation trial, but not in a criminal trial. Now, we know he has indicated that he's likely to appeal that, or he has launched an appeal, I think, in fact, against the, the ruling of the judge. In June, he stepped down from his role with the uh, Seven Network. Do we know what he's up to now? What does Ben Robert Smith do on a random Thursday morning? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, everyone wondered whether Ben Robert Smith would turn up to the judgment of his defamation case. He was there for every single day of the trial. Um, He always exuded this confidence that he was going to win and that he was going to restore his reputation. But funnily enough, uh, on the night uh, before the judgment was handed down, we received a picture of him sunning himself by a pool um, at a resort in Bali, Indonesia. Um, We understand that he was there for a week, um, so that was... um, the day the judgment was handed down and in the week following. We then saw pictures of him um, popping up at at an airport in New Zealand and then all of a sudden he um, has popped up in Perth um, where we understand that he's been staying with his parents. Back on home soil and defending his name. I'm devastated with the result. It's, uh, it's a terrible outcome and it's the incorrect outcome. Ben Robert Smith answering questions and standing his ground for the first time since the judgment was handed down in his defamation trial. Well, we haven't done anything wrong, so we won't be making any apologies. Are you proud of how you behaved when you served Australia? Of course I am. We have seen Ben Robert Smith meet with a a financial advisor in Perth um, on the same day that um, it was mentioned in court that he has accepted that he will have to foot the bill of his case and the uh, newspaper's case for the defamation trial, which is estimated to be more than $25 million. Wow. On that note, Tiff Genders, Chief Court Reporter with Nine News in Sydney, Thank you very much for joining us on the Indo-Daily. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, researched by Paul Hyland with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips were from Sky News Australia, Channel 10 News, ABC News and 60 Minutes Australia. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.